Are you recording now? I am. Ah, excellent. Excellent. Uh, you're on, you're on early. Yeah. No, I was getting set up in my space. My desk was covered in craft objects. Mmm. Uh, as in, uh, like, paper mache or as in, like, cheese? You know, artisanal goods. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I just really wanted to say that. <laughs> um... No, with um, small jars of paint and some um, wood goods for a, um, I'm helping with decor um, for a bridal shower. Mm. Yes. I no enjoy how you pronounce that. it, bridal. Bridal shower. Mm-hmm. It is more fancy when you do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Syllabologize. Is that one God, of your special no, words? That's terrible. Um, yeah, oh, I'm glad to hear that you're just setting up because I was I was hoping the reason that you were on early was not that you've been waiting since last night when we were originally scheduled to record. I know, I know. I just i I couldn't believe you stood me up for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, well, we had we had a bit of a Sharknado situation here. Um, but uh, yeah, weather notwithstanding, and actually, um, today, uh. Maybe, maybe mercifully for the listeners, depending on how it goes. This might end up being kind of a short one um, because I am still fighting that stupid <gasps> summer cold I had no. over the weekend. In fact, I, this is the best my voice has sounded all day. So wow. I give it about seven minutes and then I'm going to be croaking like a toad over here. Boo. Yeah. Um, yes. So perhaps um, within our topic of what's worked, we should also include... Um, home remedies, what's worked for you, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, seeing as I'm in a day six of this summer cold, I would say nothing has worked. You are listening to Priority, a podcast about choices, limitations, and getting stuff done. Priority is hosted by Katie Leibman and her brother, Max Leibman. That's me. Today's episode is entitled... Some of my best friends are ponytails. For complete show notes, including links to anything we discuss on the podcast today, visit us online at priority.fm slash 23. Uh, but uh, as, you, as you alluded to, topic. So, mm-hmm. what actually works? Were you uh, just posing the topic or... <laughs> Uh, yeah, we could, you could take <laughs> was I meant to respond more quickly? It, or, yeah, I don't. I don't think you necessarily need to respond. I guess I can give a very, very brief summary. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what made you think of it? Yeah. I. I well, the big thing was um, I had this down as a topic idea from a while ago um, because we're a little bit disparaging sometimes of ideas in um, the business literature and <laughs> self help books and things like that. Um, that we find silly, useless, offensive, or damaging. Um, and uh, I, if, or if listeners are curious about what I'm talking about, I will refer you to episodes number 1 through 22 of our show um, mm-hmm. because it comes up all the time. But we do also talk about a lot of stuff that we think is actually helpful and useful. Mm-hmm. And last week I mentioned in particular, um, I referred to it as a grocery store life hack, um, kind of kind of derisively because I don't actually like the term life hack very much. But... 
uh, a tip that I've seen a million places in, in different organizing blogs and books and podcasts about grocery shopping that says, you know, if you if you have the chore of shopping for groceries every week, um, pick a store and stick with it and then put your grocery list in the order of the store layout every time. Mm-hmm. And I always rolled my eyes at that until fairly recently when I started doing it. And mm-hmm. of course, it works. <laughs> it works yeah. really well. Yeah. Um and and that got me thinking about this topic again and about how fun it might be to just talk about a few things that uh, we've picked up along the way, um, either in terms of like, you know, work productivity kinds of things like the show is theoretically about or about anything else. Um, pieces of advice that actually did turn out to work, turns out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. All the things. You can edit that silence out. <laughs> Already done. <laughs> I was not thinking. <laughs> I was thinking non-verbally. Um, yeah, no, you you actually pointed out a, a good first um, example for me, something that we had talked about. Um, actually, when I was seeking uh, guidance from you and a, if, from a very frustrating work experience um, that was helpful, Um but yeah, I thought of a number of things, and I'm sure I will think of more um, as we talk. Um, and there are probably things that I do sort of automatically now that I don't think of as things to do. I think of them as, you know, they're just things that I do, and I don't realize how useful they could be to other people, too. Mm-hmm. Like like um, have a podcast. <laughs> I hope it's helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Tip number things one, I don't even realize have a podcast. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I'll just start with the um, the one you were um, proposing. I'm trying to think, too, if I have a more modern version of this one. Um, and you'll have to remind me where you took this from. I can't remember if this was – was this D.A., David Allen? D- David Allen. I'll bet it was. Yeah. Okay. So this is yeah. This episode twenty three of uh, Back to David Allen with Max and Katie. <laughs> Welcome back uh, to GD, GTD. Uh, I can't even talk. <laughs> My you, cold. I'll cut it all out. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to GTD talk. I do caller, like you're on the air. <laughs> First time caller, long time Davider. Um, I do think it'd be funny to jokingly rename it back to GDD with <laughs> Katie and Max, little hybrid. Um, yeah, so this was the idea of the waiting for list. Um, so in this previous position of mine, um, I was a cog in the machine. Um, I helped process a number of different types of documents, including reports and articles and write-ups, um, of various research projects. Um, but the process was sort of long and could be winding and complicated. I was not the only stop for any given document on this process. Um, but I often was responsible for keeping track of what um, part of the process the document might be in and what shape it might be in at that particular step. Um, so it was very hard to keep track of um, where each item was and what my um, as you could say, next action for each document was, um, I think at one point we had, uh, maybe 100 of 120 reports active, um, at some point in this process. Um, I think when I started, yeah, there were maybe only about 20 finished, um, 
that had nothing to do but just sit there. Um, but yeah, so it was very hard, especially in the, that particular environment, um, when I could be waiting on as many as 20 different people for various things. Maybe they had to review part of the document. Maybe I just needed their permission. Maybe they had revisions or edits that they needed to make before I could handle the document again. Mm-hmm. Um, and people would communicate <laughs> using various platforms, including email, uh, popping their head into my office door without knocking, um, <laughs> uh, calling, leaving a message with someone else and not remembering my name. <laughs> um, so it could be, um, as I mentioned, it could be a little tangled process. Um, so having a single place, as simple as it seems now, that uh, really helped save my sanity when I could open a single, I think I used an Excel spreadsheet, but I could do names, dates, where the last piece of communication was, um, the status of each document, what I needed from that person, and whether or not there was a deadline. And that's mm-hmm. also a place where, <laughs> and this says a lot about the culture of, of that particular workflow, um, I could also, you know, keep adding cells if I needed mm-hmm. to show that the deadline sure. had been extended 10 times, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, I guess we don't need it because you're not going to give it to me yet. So sure. You can have a new deadline. Yeah, absolutely. Um, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So a lot of the other things I was thinking about too, um, um, be- before we get onto another thing, can we, uh, briefly in a slightly more detail, um, define a waiting for list? Oh, sure. <laughs> Just because in case in case anybody listening has not read Getting Things Done, which I can't imagine because, you know, oh, obviously indeed. I'm reading well, it every day. I mean, hopefully they've picked up from context clues mm-hmm. by this point. Um, so in a process where uh, you are relying on other people for any type of thing, um, if especially if there's responsibility on you for keeping a process moving, um, having a single place to store information about what you are waiting for from other people um, and details about those circumstances can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes when I'd be using it, it would be um, a supervisor or the big boss, the person above my supervisor would, um, <laughs> as would sometimes happen, they might get yelled at for the status of something and then come knocking on my door and wanting to know uh, where something was, why wasn't it at a different step, yada, yada, yada. And I could say, oh, let me check. And I could pull up a single document um, and retrace my steps mm-hmm. um, for a number of complicated projects. Um, but it was also a place, um, and this is very GTD-ish, um, that I could go review at my leisure um, regularly to go say, oh, okay, who do I need to right. send the, who do I need to send the friendly reminder to? Who do I need to send the not, the not so friendly reminder <laughs> exactly. to? Exactly. Yes, 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 yeah. yes. Yeah. I, yeah. Anything I, else you think of? I think that's, I mean, that you, you hit on the big things. I, I kind of like to characterize waiting for as, it's kind of the reverse of a to-do list. Um, it's like <laughs> a list of things that you care about getting done that you're not going to do. Somebody else is going to do. Um, <laughs> And I, I think something you said in there for anybody who's interested in this particular one is valuable. You mentioned that you use an Excel spreadsheet where you could add cells as needed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think an electronic tool for this kind of list in particular is nice for a waiting for list if somebody's interested in having one. Um, because very often by their nature, these kinds of tasks, um, which are not really your task again, it's somebody else's task. You know, you check it off as done when it comes back to you when you're no longer right. waiting. 
Um, it's useful sometimes to be able to put in additional information beyond what you could write like on a paper list um, mm-hmm. or in a very constrained task list application. Uh, because, for instance, if you had an initial conversation on a certain date about the deliverable, it might be useful when you follow up to say, we talked about this on April 17th. Yes, and it might yes. also be useful to say, and we talked about it again on May 5th, and we talked about it again on May 17th, and we talked about it again on June 1st, and all of those times you said it would be done by June 15th, it's now June 19th. <laughs> so let's talk again, you know, Beth. And, and not that <laughs> Beth, oh boy, <laughs> Beth again, uh, and not that everything in your life necessarily needs to have that level of detail and tracking, um, or that you need to be nagging everyone constantly. But the reason this is a valuable <laughs> list, I think, is because sometimes you do need that. Um, and it's good just to know in general, like, what are all the things that you're waiting on others for? Because very often you might be hung up or procrastinating on a project because the current moving parts are not yours to do anything with. And mm-hmm. it's, it's nice to have that part somewhere where, as you say, you can review it at your at your leisure and mm-hmm. decide who to, who to follow up with and when. Yeah. And with this one in particular, um, it is very useful for a CYA type of culture. Um, it certainly was for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but even just on a personal level, um, Ooh, the first time I wanted to use the word hack just came into my brain. Um, it's sort of a, a semi, a pseudo hack for, um, even just some of the personality stuff that is helpful when you might work intermittently with different people. So like mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, you mentioned, you know, adding cells is a big deal. So a digital list is good for this type of thing. It's also good because what I would do when I was ready to clear an item, let's say it was back to me, no longer an issue, that person's part is done. Um, I think what I would do is I would do strike through on their whole row and then hide the row. Um, mm. But that way too, if I wanted to say, oh, Beth's cousin, Jamie, who works in that other department, I feel like she gave me some issues in the past. Maybe I should go check. Then I could go and search that again and say, oh, that's right. I wasn't sure what was going on there. I should be on the lookout. You know, Mm -hmm. In that case, that was sort of a negative example. But um, the other way too, like, oh no, we need a quick turnaround from so-and-so. Oh wait, that's the person who got back to me within a week and I didn't even have to send a reminder, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sort of a built-in yeah. mini hack, perhaps, for stuff yeah. like that, where you don't have to remember who's who. <laughs> that sounded awful <laughs> once right. I said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So sorry, I, I, uh, you were about to head off into something else, and I yeah, <laughs> pulled you no. back into the waiting pool <laughs> list. That's okay. I was just going to generalize. Um, oh. Yeah. No, a lot of these... Um, Um, a lot of the things I thought of in some ways, they, they all sort of generalize to, um, (laughs) that the valuable thing is recognizing how you work, um, and what's helpful to you. Um, so I guess we could wrap up really, really quickly because I'm getting to the take, (laughs) I'm getting to the takeaway at minute 15. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's pretty good. Andrew life lesson. I don't, Um, I don't think it's quite a record, but it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> getting more and more efficient. That's our priority. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was kind of a cool, I guess the what I could say about it now is that was just sort of a cool exercise for me to, to realize that all these things together sort of 
point to me over time being more thoughtful about how I work. And I think that's really important to sort of assess what's working well and what's not Mm. working for you. So anyway, so thank you, Max, for the topic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and if if you think mindfulness is kind of a good good tip that worked for you as well, we could also say thank you, Buddha, for that great tip. One for the Buddha. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you know, I am a Buddhist monk. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, one I was thinking about, uh, just actually as I was getting stuff together to, to come up to, uh, Fort podcast to record tonight, um, that I, I, um, uh, I'm of two minds about because actually I think that I, there's, there's like an element of this that I think is super useful and there's an element of this that I think is kind of creepy and there's an element of this that I think is oversold, but, okay. um, <laughs> I don't know what uh, I'm bracing for, but I'm bracing. <laughs> well, and I, I, I will, I'll give this overarching, um, this whole, the whole topic that surrounds this tip, um, a term. And, uh, if, if people are familiar with this term, I think they'll instantly know what I mean by the creepy part. And that's a uh, gamification. Um, but I'll back up a step and define my terms and, and talk about what I'm talking about here. Sure. Um, there's an old truism um, slash <laughs> hack in, um, <laughs> in management literature, um, which is uh, what is measured gets done. Mm-hmm. Um, that which is measured gets done. And uh, the the most um, in, impactful – there's a business douche word for you um, – <laughs> the most impactful <laughs> – instance of that I can recall encountering uh, is in a book I've mentioned before on the podcast called The Four Disciplines of Execution, um, a, a big part of which um, is around measurement and um, creating sort of a – making things into sort of a game. Um, mm-hmm. The middle two disciplines of the four, you know, the first one is kind of to define your goals and the last one is to hold people accountable. But the middle two uh, disciplines are uh, the second one is focus on the lead measures, which is is essentially mm-hmm. um, uh, a whole bunch of tips and tricks and sort of science about making sure that you are measuring the right thing in the right way. Um, and and then you know the third element is uh, to have a the third discipline rather is to have a compelling scoreboard, um, which is to make everything into a a playable and winnable game. You know, make it easy and quick for everyone on your team to know whether they are winning or losing on whatever your most important goals are, mm-hmm. you know, whatever those lead measures you're focusing on, on are. Um, and, uh, the, the, one of the examples they use, um, and, and this will be a good illustrative, uh, example for what I mean here. And for somewhere where this is actually, you know, this has worked for me before, um, one of the examples they use when they're defining their terms, they when they talk about you know lead measure in that, that second discipline, focus on the lead measures. What's a lead measure? Um, a lead measure, they're kind of using lead the same way you would hear lead in uh, a leading economic indicator as opposed to a lagging economic indicator. Um, a leading economic indicator is usually something, and I don't, I can't think of a good example off the top of my head because I'm not a, not an economist, but <laughs> it's something that when you see this number start to slip, bad things are coming. <laughs> or when you see this number start to tick up, good things are coming. Um, one might be, I'm, I'm not positive if this is one or not, so forgive me, I'll link to Wikipedia <laughs> in the show notes and people can see if I was wrong or not. Um, one might be orders for durable goods. You know, maybe if people are not buying as many cars or washing machines, um, but everything else in the economy looks robust still, maybe that means things are about to slow down everywhere else. Mm. Um, you know, 
Mm-hmm. A, a trailing, a lagging economic indicator, on the other hand, is one that comes after. Unemployment might be one. Like unemployment is a sign that the economy has already turned sour. Mm-hmm. It's not going to turn sour. It has turned sour. Um, so the same idea is, is uh, in use in, in the four disciplines when they talk about lead measures and lag measures. They say you need to measure your goal by things that are predictive of your goal being accomplished and ideally that are also influenceable by by you. Um, and the the first example... <laughs> not that, whether or not it rained today. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. A leading indicator, a lead measure, um, a theoretical lead measure for how well your garden will grow is how much rain did you get this week. Um, but in, in their parlance, you wouldn't want to use that as your lead measure because you can't really affect how much it rains. Right. Um, so uh, the, an example they often use, um, I think is the first example in the... And I'll, I'll link to this as well, but the um, the, the keynote uh, Chris McChesney gave explaining the four disciplines that the Franklin Covey put out as an audiobook. Um, the example they often use is weight loss. And mm-hmm. weight loss, you know, yes, there's a lot more to it. There are genetics and there are environmental factors and there are stresses and there are disorders and yes, 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 yes. But in general, most of the time for most people, weight loss does have two lead Measures, two leading indicators, uh, the number of calories consumed and the number of calories burned. And if you are consistently um, within a certain reasonable range, uh, consuming more than you burn, you will tend to put on weight in general. And if you are burning more than you consume, you'll tend to take some off. Sure. Um, so diet and exercise are good lead measures if you're going to do weight loss. Um, and this is one that I've I've actually found this idea of focusing on these kinds of measures um, and doing this kind of measurement and and what is called gamification, you know, where you start <laughs> to have status and scores and things um, to look at and little little ego rewards, very helpful. Um, hmm. A couple of years ago, uh, when I first got on the app MyFitnessPal on my iPhone, uh, my Fitness Pal is an app that makes it very easy to count calories. Uh, it has a huge database of foods uh, that you can easily look up. You know anything you've eaten and figure out within within a rough approximation. Some of the stuff is just you know crap that people have entered and made up numbers for, but right. a lot of it's really verified actual you know nutrition science, um, or at least companies published. You know this is what our nutritional information is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyhow, you can quickly look up and enter what you've eaten and, you know, with a very small time investment each day, have a accurate record of your calories consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, it also allows you to uh, track exercise and gives you a, an estimate for how many calories you've burned. And there's a social aspect. You can tie it into Twitter and Facebook. You can have friends inside the app itself. Um, it makes little status posts, uh, again, either in the app itself or on other social networks. You know, when you hit certain milestones, when you lose weight, when you've done a certain amount of exercise, things like that. Um, and I actually, as as an adult, I think the, the, the best fitness I ever got into, the best shape I was ever in as an adult, was when I first got this app. Uh, hmm. And I started measuring these things day in and day out and playing the game. Um, again, that's the that's <laughs> what gamification means. Um, now, <laughs> the reason I I say it's it's also a little bit creepy, and I'm not sure in the long run it works. Um, it, gamification is also something. It's it's kind of a term that's got a bad rep because in a lot of industries, it's also kind of used um, against people. Um, sure, you know, uh, workplaces might might 
use it manipulatively, you know, measuring certain things that our employees are doing and posting statuses and having little competitions just sort of de- designed to um, either distract from other issues or <laughs> create results at the expense of culture or, you know, any number of other things. Mm-hmm. Um, as Franklin Covey uh, and, and the authors of The Four Disciplines point out in, in that book and in the related seminar, um, people respond very well to anything that's set up as a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes they respond too well to it. So, um, that's kind of the dark side of it. But I would say in general, um, in my life, at least when I'm in relative control of which ones I'm playing, um, gamification, keeping score, um, definitely does work for me and mm-hmm. what gets measured does get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that end, I'll cap that off by saying, um, I've also on the podcast recently said, I, you know, uh, fell off of the wagon of a couple of years ago with this My Fitness Pal thing uh, during <laughs> my current job in some high stress times last year, and uh, earlier this year reached the weight that I call peak max. Um, mm. <laughs> but at the moment, as it's coming back down, um, I think that's in large part because I have got a fitness tracker, um, a Vivo Smart that I wear uh, pretty much everywhere, that is automatically reporting my exercise back to My Fitness Pal. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, which is helpful because now that's one less thing for me to do. And it's gotten me re-engaged with entering my food every day and mm-hmm. I am seeing results again. Yeah. No, super interesting. Thanks for sharing. Um, that made me think of a couple of things. One is that, um, <laughs> generally I'm a pretty competitive person. <laughs> I really enjoy game games. Um, <laughs> so not like things that had to be gamified, but things that mm. are actually games like, uh, sports activities and, right. and board games and all these types of things. Um, I really enjoyed those, but I was thinking, well, that's really interesting, but I don't know that that works for me in most of my work work. Um, but then the other thing I was thinking about was maybe it does just show up in different ways. So like the idea of um, tracking and having, um, I'm trying to think of a way to generalize it, documentation or something to show or look back mm-hmm. on. I think those things do matter to me. Um, oh, for sure. You know, I think it's one of the reasons why, um, especially lately, I like to fill my uh, non, I could say non-work time with things like crafts. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that's very tangible. I feel very productive when you, you see your progress. Yeah. Yeah. That's really satisfying. Um, but even with the tracking stuff, I hadn't thought of this, um, before our conversation, I knew this would happen. Um, but yeah, no, I try to track diet and exercise too. Um, I've tried the various apps. Um, and I guess this is sort of a, a, a takeaway. I'll just sort of narrate my takeaways as I go, I guess. <laughs> um, I, I did, I have tried my fitness pal and I've tried, I feel like there was another one. Um, there's, there's it, several, yeah. but this is the only one I've, I've tried for more than mm-hmm. five minutes. Yeah. So what I do is probably more, um, takes more fidgeting and it's more time consuming. Um, I do a many tabbed, uh, Google sheet, um, Mm -hmm. where I track food, um, and exercise. Um, and I use a bastardized version of the Weight Watchers tracking system. Ah. Um, So rather than doing calories or particular Mm -hmm. groups, um, I use their points points calculator, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, which is based on, I think, carbs, fat, fiber, and protein. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, yeah. So what's been good for me there? 
and this is real nitty gritty, not even work stuff necessarily, but it gets back to stuff we talk about a lot. It helped me get the picture for what I was putting into my body and what I was paying attention to. Um, and that was really helpful. I don't think I would eat so many fruits and vegetables if I hadn't started trying this mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Um, yeah. So having that, the ability to view that stuff, kind of like you were saying, um, because I measure it, I pay attention to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What gets um, measured gets done. Yeah. No, I hear you. Groovy. Or I guess in this case, um, I'm measuring what I eat and I'm eating less. So what is getting measured is not getting done. (laughs) What is measured is getting eaten. (laughs) That's right. What is measured is burned and consumed, Mm -hmm. but not in that order. I mean, anyway. Okay. (laughs) Um, Cool. Well, that might relate to another one of mine. Shall I jump? Yeah. Um, Give me another one of yours. Yeah. So I think I mentioned this um, on air. So I think this made it to a previous episode. Um, over the last, it's almost been a year, not quite. Um, I've been working on, um, what's going to be a scholarly article with one of my colleagues who's in my program. Um, and neither of us had ever really written anything together. You know, we had done various group projects throughout our time in academia. Um, but this is the first sort of co-written article, um, and writing together has been a super productive experience. Like we both agreed pretty quickly that we don't feel like we've ever had such a smooth writing and revision process. Um, writing together has not been a challenge. So maybe some of this gets chalked up to um, that this gal and I just work really well together. Um, but there has been something really cool about uh, when we meet um, most of the time we've been meeting in person, but sometimes digitally, um, we might divvy up sections and sort of write independently for a little bit and then switch and look at each other's chunks of text and go from there and talk through different things. Um, but it's just been a super generative and a super supportive process. Um, so that's been really cool. So something that I think we'll keep doing is even when we're not working on this article, um, still trying to meet regularly, whether that's in person or digitally, um, mm-hmm. to work on our own stuff, you know, just to yeah. have somebody sort of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought about this because I'm, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, I was just going to say this, I mean, this is very, there's a very big general category of advice, but one place I think this comes up a lot, what you're, what you're getting at right here, um, is also fitness related. They say that it helps to have like a fitness buddy to have somebody to work out with. Mm-hmm. And I think you're you're taking that in a different direction. You're saying you've got somebody to work with. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is I've always sort of scoffed at the exercise version of this. Like I've never – I really value that individual time, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, whether I'm at the gym or out and about or doing whatever. Um, and I think the same is true with working. It's not so much that I want somebody to um, sort of do the stereotypical coach thing and like – blow a whistle and yell at me and like push me harder or whatever. Um, it's not so I much I might drop an audio of coach right here. Yes, please. Oh my God. Yeah. Like when he's trying to talk to Jess and realizes he can't talk to women at all. <laughs> like this is not helping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, like I, I do not need that. And that's the sort of thing uh, or like the sort of condescending way that, 
sometimes in movies or TV, you'll see like two women jogging, but like, they're like, come on, we can do it. Like, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, well, and, and also mm-hmm. almost every one of those scenes fails the Bechdel test immediately. <laughs> yeah. They're like stretching and talking about men. Like, mm-hmm. seriously, this is you time. You're jogging. That's for you. <laughs> Ladies, come on. <laughs> I'm such a feminist on this show. Oh my God. Well, somebody has to be. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm you were the weird summer housewife magazine person last oh, week. Oh, Max, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Mm. Yeah. But I'm rejecting the, like, blonde ponytail best friend workout buddy, so I guess I'm doing okay. Yeah, Beth, but go run on your own. That. That's not feminist of me. Women, if that's what you need and want in your life, you can have that person. <laughs> I have nothing against blondes or people. I'm have I have a ponytail right now. Yeah, some of my best friends are ponytails. <laughs> you just you just don't want to go running with Beth, is all. Um, no. So I think for me, um, something that has worked really well to get back to the <laughs> things. Oh no, I did it again. Yeah, get away from the negative things. So the things that work well. Um, like, I, I think I gain a lot of energy and I gain a lot of focus from getting to talk about my stuff with other people. So even, you know, the last time I met with my colleague and we were writing together, um, at the end of the conversation, we talked for like three minutes about something else I'm working on. And that was extremely helpful. Like, she gave one offhand piece of feedback based on what I told her about where I was. Um, and that was super... Um, Oh, what's the word? Not inspirational, um, but maybe that's closest. Yeah. So having having access to people and sort of these focused uh, meetings or gatherings, um, having the opportunity to chat with people who either know my work or would have good perspectives on my work. Um, yeah. So I guess for me, um, oh, another way to say this would be seeking out and having really well-timed feedback and also sort of well-timed good energy (laughs) Mm -hmm. from good people um, can really help me um, either stay focused or know what to do next. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I like it. Cool. Um, (laughs) You just made me think of one that I, I in general have found to be um, true, but I don't actually use very much. (laughs) Um, because I'm, I'm, as I've said on the podcast before, a militant introvert, um, and this is very extroverted advice, but I think it's true nonetheless. Uh, and it comes from all people of, from, uh, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Um, I'll try to find it for show notes. If not, I'll, <laughs> you'll know I didn't find it if I just linked to Malcolm Gladwell's Wikipedia page. Um, <laughs> but I, I, he said it in the talk that the audio of which was on online for a long time. So I might be able to find this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the Q and a following a talk, um, I believe in support of the book blink, um, someone asked him something about how he gets his stories and, and how he, you know, how he writes something like that. And in his answer, he said something that has really stuck with me, which is the way he goes about writing um, and finding stories and putting, putting these things together is he tells everyone he meets what he's working on. Mm. Um, he lets everyone know what he's interested in at the time, whatever his current obsession is. And he says, you know, the reason he does this is because Everyone will have an opinion, will have something to say, or will say, and these are the the kind of golden ones, oh, you know what? You should talk to Beth (laughs) because she is working in Professor Heinrich's lab right now, and 
you know, and and you'll find all these connections and these people who have relevant experiences or resources to offer or things like that if you let people know what's up and what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've I've found this uh, – it's very funny. In, in my current job, I'm finding it. Um, lately, I've had several conversations where I mention something that's like on my long list of things to research to figure out what's going on with them um, <laughs> or problems to solve. And then whoever I'm talking to happens to say, oh – well, I'm the one who's been doing that. Let's talk about it. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> you know, so in, in you know, a more general form of this advice might just be, you know, talk about things that are going on and going wrong because um somebody yeah. probably knows. Uh but you know, it, <laughs> I I would say if you've got if you have a project or a goal that you are stuck on, um, you know, it doesn't have to be like a journalistic story you're writing up in long literary <laughs> form for the New Yorker. Um, like <laughs> and Robert it probably Gladwell. won't be. <laughs> and it probably won't be, frankly. Um, you're not good enough. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you're not New Yorker enough. Let's be fair. There's yeah, listeners, of... <laughs> sorry. You're just, it's not going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. But if you, if, you, if you have that or anything else that you are currently obsessed with, working on, worried about, trying to figure out, um, talk to more people about it because, mm-hmm. you know, you will, you will find resources and links and stories and advice um, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't otherwise. Absolutely. Um, no, was, yeah. I was it, thinking of, as you were talking, um, in the building I started working in this year, um, I made a great ally and friend in one of our, um, one of the people who's on our maintenance crew. Mm. I just have to mention an issue, not not even an issue. I just have to mention a situation and, uh, this guy will just offer solutions and offer help Mm. and all this stuff. Um, I don't even have to say I would like help with whatever I might mention like, Oh, I saw this thing the other day and he is ready to solve or fix Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I wouldn't have known that if I didn't mention oh, it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I'll also mention a corollary to this one. Um, don't do this with things you want to just magically be solved. Um, <laughs> in your case, I mean, maybe this building guy that you mentioned, and this is the reason I thought of it, maybe the building guy you mentioned very often is the guy who could go fix that in two minutes mm-hmm. um, or knows who would. Uh, but the thing I would say to people is be careful about doing this with things that are merely complaints um, or <laughs> that you're not invested in spending a lot of your own time and energy on. Uh, <laughs> because, oh, that's funny that I brought up that example. Then. Well, the yeah. reason the reason <laughs> I say that is because of your example. It reminded me of a previous boss I had who I learned very quickly not to mention anything that was wrong anywhere near this guy because all of a sudden that would become a project on my plate and he would have many suggestions of things I should go do and people I should oh, talk to to fix I it. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, do this mm-hmm. with a problem you actually want to solve and particularly one that you wouldn't mind if all you got was a suggestion of the next thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Because that might case, be what yeah. you get. <laughs> yeah. No. And in my case, it's stuff that I, I could not fix on my own and, and maintenance mm-hmm. or my administrators yeah. would never want me to touch it. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I hear you though. That gets back to um, a previous conversation we had about um, – you know, not wanting to volunteer an idea mm-hmm. at a meeting because that might be read as volunteering to do the idea. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven forbid. Yeah, don't do the idea. Don't do the idea. Just, and maybe don't even suggest it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that might relate to another one of mine. I just feel like we're we're bouncing. <laughs> we're chucking and jiving. Is this yeah. okay? Is this no, this is great. This, this is, going? This is okay. pretty much what I pictured, except for the fact that I think everything we've thought of, except for our first ones, we've thought of on the air. 
No, I'm looking at my list now. It's it's coming back. Okay, very um, good. <laughs> I, I wrote it. Yeah, I'll share my doc with you. Um, but yeah, it, it's coming out in different words. But I did. I did prep. I tried. Um, no, so this one, and it it is in itself a little more general. Um, but it's something that's been valuable to me, so I thought it, it bared mentioning. Um, is that something I really had to work on this year when things got super wild, crazy banana pants, um, was being able to back out of stuff that I had committed to that I really, there's no way I could have done it, let alone done it well. Um, and saying no to new opportunities coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and these ones, uh, maybe you can help me nuance it a little bit. Um, cause I do feel a little bit like, this is obnoxious women's magazine or women's article. Like, ladies, learn to say no, you know. And I'm resisting that sort of, <laughs> you know, because it's sort of a, a, not a buzzword thing, but like learn to say no and how valuable that oh, is. It is, it, and not <sighs> just, I, I know what you mean. I can picture the women's magazines now. Um, mm-hmm. and, and magazines that are tacitly women's magazines but pretend to be more general like psychology today um which by the way which by the way i love um (laughs) i think i should say that because i probably sound a lot on this podcast like someone who would hate psychology today but i actually like (laughs) it uh but it's a more general in in you know even very uh masculine targeted you know uh, self-improvement business literature type books um saying no i mean it's it's it is beyond buzzword. It is beyond meme. It is beyond motif. Like it is, mm-hmm. it is an epic, like it's, it's bigger than, oh, it's bigger than proactivity <laughs> at this point. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's bigger than execution. It is, it is, you know, it's huge. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's huge. It's pervasive. It's everywhere. Um, and probably for the reason that you're going to get to in a second, which is you know, at some level it kind of works. Yeah. Yeah. No, what I, and the, and I know that these topics are out there, but and maybe it's just that as a young professional, as it a as you gain experience in whatever you're doing, I think you do sort of oscillate between um, not being not doing the the right work for you um, and doing way too much work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You're somewhere in between those two spots for a while before you, you sort of figure out, um, what, what is best on your plate, you know, kind of like we were talking about in the cohesion episode, finding your cohesory. Um, yeah. So, and I thought of it just because that's something that I did have to, um, think about in this last academic year was, um, I realized I had too many things on my plate. So which things can I sort of minimize or shrink? Which things can I remove from the plate altogether? Um, which things should I eat and put on my, my Google doc, mm-hmm. <laughs> my Google sheet? Um, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll heartily endorse saying no as well. Um, and that reminds me of one that I did have in my prep as something I was going to mention, um, which, uh, again, is a returning favorite. Um, our old friend Marcus Buckingham uh, and his <laughs> book, The One Thing You Need to Know. Uh, <laughs> the very, very, um, I'm going to say cheeky uh, because uh, he's English. Um, <laughs> the very cheeky advice he gives in that book. Uh, the final section of the book, which is about 
what he claims is the one thing you need to know about sustained uh, individual success or um, some sort of douchey phrasing like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says the, the one thing you need to know about that is that the people who have it, who, who have long-lived successful careers um, as individual contributors, the way they do it is they figure out what they don't like doing and they stop doing it. Yeah, um, yeah. And the specific piece of cheeky advice <laughs> that I brought up before that I want to talk about here is um, one of the ways to accomplish that, he points out, is uh, to find something you really don't, don't like doing um, in your current job or among your current roles and stop doing it and see if anybody notices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will, I will say this, I'm, I'm saying this with uh, all of the caveats in the world listeners, because there are a lot of things you probably don't like in your job that will be immediately noticed much to <laughs> your, uh, <laughs> much to your chagrin and, um, trouble, but firedness, firedness, <laughs> Uh, but I think applied thoughtfully, it's something, and, and honestly, I think most of the times in my career where that advice has come in handiest, it's been accidental, um, (laughs) where all of a sudden I realized this thing that's perpetually on my list that I keep falling further behind on hasn't been touched in five weeks and no one has said a thing. Sure. Um, and if I pull on the threads a little bit and start poking around, I can't figure out who needed it or what it's for. Um, (laughs) so... Uh, and that's and there. There have been examples of that that go all the way up to something like a daily status report that somebody at one time was expecting and reading every day. Oh wow! Um, that uh, I find more and more I'm telling somebody um, what was on it, the somebody who was getting it, and then I miss a day, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I miss a couple days, and then I miss a week, and then all of a sudden I'm not doing it anymore. You know, things like that. Um, I think very often that accidental sort of, of stop doing it happens to things like meetings or small huddles, like small meetings, like mm-hmm. two or three or four people who are getting together every week because there's a new project or a reorg or an enterprise or something new that needs that kind of attention. And rather than stopping the meeting, it just kind of falls away over time. Mm-hmm. It becomes easier and easier to cancel. Um, only two of the three show up most of the time, you know, things like that. Yes. yes. Um, and they just kind of end. Um, mm-hmm. now, now that's an example, a meeting you probably need to tell somebody you're not going to or right, to cancel right. rather than just not show up. But I think that's a good example of how it often happens accidentally. Um, so if you are feeling overwhelmed and you've got too much going on and you are not liking what you're doing, um, either life as a whole, again, back to our cohesion episode, or in a particular mm-hmm. job in, in particular, I would look <laughs> for some something to stop doing that you don't like, something that drains mm-hmm. you to see if that gives you enough back to make the rest of it worthwhile and make the rest of it work. Mm-hmm. And if you can't think of anything, I would start looking for things like that that are starting to slide or are sliding a lot and nobody seems to care. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. In the... And, you know, start, start uh, yeah. small if you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're the only person who carries um, – Say you've got a workroom with a copier in it, and when people <laughs> grudgingly, after days of ignoring the problem, finally change the toner cartridge, they <laughs> leave the cardboard boxes that the toner cartridges come in and all of the packing material on the floor and don't carry <laughs> it down to the other end where it goes. Um, not that I, I've ever worked anywhere where that's been an issue. Um, if it really, if it really irks you to have to do that, but you've been, you are the one who's been doing that, who's been taking care of that garbage, maybe just stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, and especially I would say things like that, like mm-hmm. if that's not really your job, <laughs> yeah, you know, that might be another good place to apply. This is what's not really your job, but you just kind of doing. 
Right. Or, and that's not a good example because, you know, sort of a tripping hazard, but there are some things that are probably no one's job that are not essential. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. But they're tradition or they've always been done, so why not? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. No. uh, One thing I thought of was um, even when I think you do have to acknowledge <laughs> that you're going to stop doing something. Mm-hmm. And, and um, again, so, to be clear, most things you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm not saying no. stop doing whatever you I, don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think listeners understand. I think you do a very nice job of um, disclaiming <laughs> when you offer that. I know, and I know what you mean. Maybe I'm taking yeah. for granted that I know what you're talking about. Sure. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone's going to sue priority. And I don't know how they would. Um knock on something um you can have all of our assets which i think at this point consists of a thing that people might think is a big foam number one finger or flipping them off i just pictured like ursula coming after our voices though and that got a little trippy i was like what would our be oh my god Um, that that might actually explain what i sound like tonight come to think of it (laughs) can you sing a few bars just so i can This is gold. <laughs> Listeners, this does not get any better. <laughs> uh, I only remember that particular tune because of the riot at Disney oh, World. Right. I haven't seen the movie in 25 years. That is hilarious. I was picturing Ursula doing Poor Unfortunate Souls. I hope I thought you would do that, but oh well. <laughs> um, you're ill, so I forgive you for not jumping to that that rendition. Um no, so what? I, I, anyway, I think you do a fine job um, giving your disclaimers, and I think people um, are are on your page. They're on your level. Um, Max Lebin is not actually a priest or doctor. Oh my god! <laughs> um, but something I was thinking of was when you do have to acknowledge those things, or you feel that you ought to, you know, for whatever interpersonal reason. Um, something that has helped me because sometimes that stuff is hard. It is hard to bring stuff up when you feel like you might be making it worse, but you feel like you, you ought to say something or explain something so that things don't become worse. Don't escalate. Mm -hmm. Um, something that's been really helpful to me is thinking about, um, sort of trying to be the most graceful and gracious as you can be when you need to exit from something. Mm. Um, yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to think of what all there was. There was a, a group of fellow writers that, um, me and a couple other people were trying to establish a regular meeting, um, a sort of writing group and it just was not working out. It kept being me and another person over and over again. And the other people would bail. Um, and not always for their own, you know, lack of planning or whatever. Um, it just sort of happened that way. So eventually I sort of had to say, <laughs> I'm done scheduling these things. Like if this gets off the ground and you all want to keep sending me the messages, that's okay. But I'm not going to schedule this again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so I had to think really hard about um, sort of explaining um, what wasn't working for me. There we are, back to what isn't working. Um, <laughs> but it was helpful to me to keep in mind that everyone was in that space trying to get this thing going for the same reasons, for really similar reasons. Um, 
and just trying to, you know, exit things with a bow and just, you know, make sure people know that they are appreciated for what they were trying to do and that I have my reasons that Mm -hmm. do not have anything to do with them. Um, And then again, this spring, I had to do that again with um, a different group that I had been invited into to help out with. Um, And it just became too much to, to be at meetings and to be doing reading and working on my own. Um, So bowing out gracefully, I guess has been um, a helpful skill (laughs) of mine to work on. I don't know. Does that make sense? No, I I think so. I think so. Well, and and the making sure people are appreciated. I mean, there's a another one of these super generic ones that will go all the way back <laughs> to advice you probably got when you were three, um, <laughs> and that is you're going to get away with a lot via please and thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I would add to that list please and thank you, and I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's <laughs> there's another another uh, business cliche that that. Um, I I don't know I don't know that I can say I practice it particularly well, but I I hmm. do think it's it's true enough to be worth considering in a lot of circumstances, and that is uh, it's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission. <laughs> um, and yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. We've we've talked a few times about the um the the not for profit uh, Nebraska Leadership Seminar that you and I have volunteered with uh, for many years. Um. That is one arena when I was uh, involved in that organization, especially as I started moving into the higher levels where um, as years went on, a lot more of what I actually accomplished that worked was just stuff I went off and did and then told people about rather than, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. we um, we had at one point uh, a designated position in the alumni association of that organization that was supposed to be the, the newsletter director. And that kind of fell apart. And for several years, uh, we didn't have any kind of ongoing outward bound communication, you know, it was, this was, um, towards peak MySpace, Um, but we didn't really have a presence there. There was no Facebook outside of universities at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so like an email newsletter or a physical newsletter, one or the other, were about our only options, um, for broadcasting news to the whole organization. And, you know, for at least two whole years, we didn't have one. Um, and when it came back, it came back cause I just started one up, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Uh, so, I, yeah, I would say in a lot of cases, like, if it's not going to hurt anybody, like, just go do something. Mm-hmm. Say you're sorry if it doesn't work. <laughs> Don't worry yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, sure, sure. But anyhow, more more back to your point, though. Yeah, I think I think if you are willing to say you are sorry or willing to, to thank people profusely or willing to say please when you're asking to be excused from, you know, something, yeah, it's – that's – Mm-hmm. It's going to be, as, as we've said, it's going to be valuable to you to be able to say no, but being able to do so graciously, as you say, mm-hmm. is definitely a good good tip. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I think approaching that stuff that way also made me be more thoughtful to myself about um, what I did want and what that move would accomplish. Um, so it helped me make sure that I wasn't um, and maybe it's just something that I worry about too much, but that I wasn't, um, flaking out or I wasn't sort of being tough enough or something like that. Um, but yeah, that I was really taking stock of, um, what was being sacrificed because I was part of those things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. 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 Cool. Uh, yeah. What else you got? Um, 
I, the last one that I have written down is something I wrote down ahead of time um, to mention is something we talked about way back in our most ever downloaded episode, um, episode number four, which is about uh, Merlin Mann's Inbox Zero, um, and that is Inbox Zero itself. Uh, I will say I don't exactly do this now. Um, as I've mentioned recently, I'm more of a, a mainline GTD practitioner um, as far as my productivity denomination goes. Uh, but um, I, I have at various times um, really taken Inbox Zero to heart when I wasn't really, strictly speaking, doing GTD. And I think it's a really... Um, is a really sane approach, and and kind of the core of it, at least at least to my understanding, um, I, I think Merlin would add some nuance nowadays because he often likes to preface any conversation he has about email with the important thing to understand is that email is a problem you can never solve. <laughs> um, but sort of the core of Inbox Zero as it was presented back in the day, and particularly in the Google Tech Talk, which I'll, I'll link to um, in show notes, is this set of I, I think it's five verbs, and I don't have it in front of me. Um, but I believe it is, uh, and, and roughly in preference order, um, the things you should do with an email are delete it, um, if you can, if, it, if you, if there's any chance that you can get away with not doing anything with it, just delete it or archive it and get it out of there without doing anything more to delegate it, which is to forward on to somebody else to do mm-hmm. or to respond to, um, to defer it to later. Um, if it's something that you're going to need to respond to, it's going to take more than a couple minutes to do. Have a specific folder to put those in and put it in there. And when you have mm-hmm. some time, come back to it. Uh, to respond, uh, which again, if you if you can do so quickly, go ahead and do right then. Uh, or to do a short action, again, two mm-hmm. minutes or so. And if you can't do the action right then, uh, put it on a list somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and in all cases, uh, once you're done with anything but delete, go ahead and either delete it or move it into an archive somewhere. Mm-hmm. So it's not in your inbox anymore. Um, yeah. and I'll say I've, I've, I've found, um, not only is that a way to get your inbox empty, <laughs> which is, which is <laughs> nice. Um, the other nice thing about that kind of approach, and it's the reason I like uh, David Allen's getting things done in general, is it will also get you to actually take care of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of things, if you're really honest about it, and if you take the time to do it now, while it's top of mind, the first time you see the email, you might be able to respond to it in two minutes. Yeah. It might be a two-minute action to take care of whatever that person's asking for. Um, and a lot of it, if you if you're really honest about it, and you you know you have to do one of these five things, you're committing to do one of these five things with it. A lot of things you will actually delete that you otherwise wouldn't um, if you let yourself pretend like you've got eventually going to have time to come back and deal with all of them. Um, you know, when if you let it sit in that middle state we talked about mm-hmm. of not quite being decided, uh, you know, you right. can delete a lot more than you do. Um, and you can do a lot more of the others right now than you're giving yourself credit for. Mm-hmm. The problem is you look at all of them and you know that a few emails in there will take a 15-minute response or an hour-long project to fulfill whatever's being asked for. So mm-hmm. you don't do any of them. Yeah. Um, instead of going through and taking care of what you can take care of right now, delete what you can and organize the rest, you know, that works. And yeah. when you get done, those short actions being done, that's going to feel great. You'll move a lot of stuff forward. A lot of stuff is hung up in your world. Because there's a two-minute action or a two-minute email response that you haven't taken. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyhow, Inbox Zero, that's that's one that I, I'll link to the video and show notes uh, worth <laughs> a watch. And it, it did work for me for sure. And a very similar system uh, in getting things done works for me now. Yeah. No, I'll, I will echo that as well. I am definitely a, a practitioner. 
um, <laughs> as we've spoken of. Um, so one other thing that I thought of that hopefully this will be helpful to people too, especially if, um, inbox zero, or at least (laughs) more sane ways of thinking of email, um, are something, uh, that people are interested in. Um, and email is probably the place where this happens most often. Mm -hmm. Something that's been super helpful for me in staying sort of clear about my, my various places I capture, um, my next actions and my projects and my little things that come up. Um, uh, is not letting things exist in more than one place. Mm. And email has been, like I said, that's, that's what made me think of this is emails often a sort of mental space hogging culprit, mm-hmm. um, where I will have something on a list, but an email might show up that's related to that item, that thing I need to do. Um, maybe it's a reminder email to pay a bill or sign up for something online or something mm-hmm. like that. I already know that I'm supposed to do it. And it's, I've already got a warning on my calendar for like the <laughs> do or it's going to explode day. Um, but it's already on a list somewhere, but an email shows up, but I, I will leave it there sometimes as like an extra reminder, like, Oh, mm-hmm. then next time I'm in my email, I will definitely do it. But that's not what happens. I get back in my email because I need to look for something else. Right. Um, or I'm just sort of automatically checking in. Maybe I see it again, but I'm still not ready to do it. But then I'm stuck thinking about it again, even though I don't have to do it right then, you know? So I've gotten better about, and this seems super minute, but because I do like the, I treat the inbox like an inbox, you know, I'm doing something with whatever's in there. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been helpful to me to, um, anytime I'm already tracking something somewhere, if I get an email related to it, I'll either archive it or if it's completely useless, delete it. But if it's something new relating to that project, I'll archive it and possibly tag it with one of the Mm -hmm. labels that Gmail lets you use. Um, So let's say it's, I I need to order an an item to go with something else I've just bought online. You know, I'll tag it with receipt so that I, if I do need to go back and look at, you know, what brand was that thing I bought, um, I can go back and find it more quickly. But yeah. So not letting, (laughs) so even if multiple lists exist in multiple places, um, not letting myself think there's more going on than there is. Yeah, I like it. I Mm -hmm. think that's solid advice as well. And the phrase that popped into my head when you first started talking about not letting something be in more than one place, um, I thought of that that classic uh, saying, uh, a place for everything and everything in its place, <laughs> which I believe was said by Benjamin Disraeli originally. Oh, my. You have been listening to Priority. Once again, for complete show notes, or if you'd like to send us feedback via email or subscribe to the show, visit us on the web at priority.fm. If you enjoyed the program today, please go to iTunes and leave us a positive rating and review as that will help new listeners find the show. Also, if you're interested in getting updates or communicating with us via tweets, follow us on Twitter, where we are at PriorityFM. That's at P-R-I-O-R-I-T-Y-F-M. Thanks again for listening.
So between the gamification um, and the working with somebody else and the importance of externalizing your notes um, <laughs> and the importance uh, in the inbox zero part of not not leaving things to later if you can help it, if they're short <laughs> and easy, I think a lot of what we're saying, bottom line, is to don't trust yourself. <laughs> you, you, you can't do it on your own. Oh, my God. 